Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. this afternoon. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here. Amen. Spirit of God, we ask that you minister to our hearts. Amen. Let our lives be transformed. Amen. Let us change. Yes. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, Jesus. that we will not live here the same, Amen. but we will live here with a step up in our walk with you. Amen. We avail our hearts to you, O oh Spirit of God. Minister to our hearts. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? You know, um, I don't know what issue you have, what problem you have that you came here with, but I just want to assure you that you are in the presence of God. I want to assure you that you will not live here the same. You will not come in the presence of God and live the same. God is here. I said, God is here. Hallelujah. You know, recently, you know, I've been praying certain prayers, you know, and the Lord has revealed certain series of things to me, you know, and it just gives the assurance that God is here with us. Hallelujah. God is here with us. You know, um, I've been praying... I've been praying about the presence of God. The presence of God. It is the presence of God that makes a difference. It is the presence of God that matters. Hallelujah. You know, and as I've been praying these prayers, the Lord has been revealing certain things to me. The first thing that the Lord revealed to me when I began praying this prayer was something very unusual. You know, um, I, I woke up one morning, and after I, have, you know, I was ready to go to work, I came out to start my car, and there was a car that is parked, and there were two doves sitting on the car. You know, two doves sitting on a car. Now, I live in a place where I have never seen a dove before. And I live in a place where doves don't hang around the area, you know. And then when I saw them, they were so calmly sitting on the car, you know. And I sat there for a while, and I looked and looked and looked. And the Lord ministered to me that my presence is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. My presence is with you. You know, the presence of God is with us. Amen. If we hunger and thirst for his presence, he will be with us. Amen. Hallelujah. He will be with us. He will give you the assurance that he is with you. Amen. He will give you the assurance that he is with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hunger for the presence of God. Amen. Hunger for the presence. The second thing that the Lord revealed to me was in a dream. He revealed something to me. 
You know, I, I had a dream that um, we, we were in a church and um, either we were worshiping or we were praying, you know. And then there was such might and such power that hit this place, this place right here. It just dropped and hit this place and all of you were all over the place. And some of you were on the floor crying. Some of you were all over the place and crying. And some of the chairs were broken and shattered. And it was so much power that we couldn't even rise, you know, to continue doing what we were doing, you know. And um, I want to assure you that when you come here, have preparedness that God is here. Have the readiness to receive the presence of God. Have the readiness to receive the presence of God. Hallelujah. I mean, this series of things. The third thing that happened was um, one of our little children here, five-year-old, the Lord opened her eyes. And whilst we were having service, she saw angels. Five-year-old. The Lord opened her eyes and she saw angels around here. You know, this was just last week. The Lord opened her eyes and she saw angels. I am assuring you that angels are here with you. Whatever issue that you have here, have the assurance that you lay it at the foot of Christ. Amen. And he will take your burden off you. Hallelujah. May you become like a baby that God will open your eyes. May you become like a child that God will open your eyes to see the angels of God, the angels that God has discharged concerning your life, the angels that are following you, the angels that are here to meet your need, the angels that are here to minister to your need. Have faith to receive that. I say have faith to receive that. Hallelujah. God is here. Amen. God is here. And he's here to bless us. He's here to transform us. He's here to change us. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. This afternoon, I want to share, I want to conclude the message that we've been sharing for a long time. We've been sharing about those who go to hell. Those who go to hell. Amen. Those who go to hell. Now, you see, this message is not a message that excites you. It's not an exciting message. But to me, this message is more important than any other message. Hallelujah. This is the reason why God gave us his son. This is the reason why Jesus Christ died for us. Jesus Christ did not die so that you can get a husband. You know, Jesus Christ did not die so that you can get a a job. Jesus did not die so you can have your papers. You'll be amazed that Jesus did not die so that your wound will heal or your illness will go away. That is not the reason why Christ died for us. Christ died so that you will not go to hell. Amen. God gave his son to die so that you will not go to hell. And that is the most important thing. You know, sometimes we get disappointed with God. 
There are some people that get disappointed with God and say, I went for this interview and they didn't give me this job. I went for this and they didn't give me. I prayed and I went for this and they didn't give me. And for that reason, you know, you have lost confidence in God. Do you think God will give his only son to die because of your job? Will God give his only son to die because of your interview? The job that you sit on for two, three years and you don't want to be there anymore. If that was the reason why God gave his son, then what should God do then? After two, three years, you don't want that job anymore. So then what do you do with God? Jesus did not die so that you have a job. Jesus did not die so that you have a husband or you have a wife. That is not the reason and that should not be the reason why you go to church. To me, you escaping hell is the most important thing. Amen. Amen. It's the most important. You can be anointed with oil and anointed and fall and anointed. To me, escaping hell is the most important thing. You know, the story about the rich man and Lazarus, you know, when the rich man, when the rich, you see, the reason why you are taking this lightly is because you have not had a taste of hell. You have no clue how hell is. You have no understanding of how hell is. But the rich man, when he entered into hell, when he went to hell, it didn't matter at all to him his family business. It didn't matter at all to him their wealth. It was not important to him at all. He was pleading with Father Abraham. He said, send someone, send someone, send Lazarus to go. If someone from the dead goes to preach to them and tell them how this place is, they will not joke with it. And Moses, uh, Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him. He says, no, Moses and the prophet, they have not come here. They don't know how it is. So the way they are preaching the message, the people are not getting it. But if someone from here, someone from hell, rises up and go back, someone who has tasted hell. If you taste hell, your marriage will not matter to you. If you taste hell, your health will not even matter to you. That because God did not answer that prayer, you are not coming to church. Someone who tasted hell, he was a very rich man. His wealth was not important at all. He said, these things are not important. Our homes, our houses, our businesses. Send someone from here. If someone were to go from the dead and preach to them with such zeal. That is why we like to talk about hell. Amen. Amen. That is why we like to talk about hell. It's not a place that you will wish for the worst enemy. You know, you will not even wish that Osama bin Laden will go to hell. You will not wish that Hitler will go to hell. You will not wish that Saddam Hussein will go to hell. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? It's a very, very important thing. So we've been talking about a list of people who go to hell. We are just studying the Bible and looking at a list of people who go to hell. Amen. Now we are not talking about go to hell like we are talking lightly. What are you talking about? Come on, go to hell. No, we are talking about hell. Where the Lord prepared for the devil and his demons. Amen. It was not prepared for you. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So we've been talking about a list of people who go to hell. Who were the first people that we talked about? Those who are offered salvation and they refuse. Number two. Those who accept the offer but look back. Number three. Those who fail to do difficult things for the Lord. Number four. The unwise Christian. The unwise Christian. Those who share their salvation. Those who share things for the sake of their salvation. Amen. You don't share anything for the sake of your salvation. If it is concerning your salvation, don't share anything. Oh, because of my friend doing this, I'm not going to church. Oh, because of this, I'm not going to church. Because my friend is arriving from London today and I have to pick him up at the airport, I'm not going. Anyone who is coming to visit you, tell the person you have to come on a Saturday or come Sunday evening. Because if you come during the time that I am securing my position in heaven, I will not come to pick you up. But you see, we trivialize this and then we leave church to go and pick up somebody at the airport and you miss hearing a message like this. Amen. Why would you have your wedding during the time that we are having our church? Amen. What is the next one? We talk about the rich man. The rich man. Hallelujah. As in the rich man and Lazarus. Amen. We talk about all these people who went to hell. And do we have a next one? Okay. The next one that I want to give you quickly, we want to finish this message today, is anybody whose name is not found written in the book of life. Anybody whose name is not found written in the book of life. Now, remember, I didn't say anyone who does not belong to a church. I didn't say anyone who is not a member of Lighthouse. I said anybody whose name is not found written in the book of life. Revelation chapter 29, verse 12 to 15. Today, we're going through a lot of lists, so be prepared to move with us. Revelation chapter 29, Verse 12. Sorry, Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter number 19. And we want to read from verse 12. Hallelujah. No, let us not. Let's, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. Let's read that one first. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5. Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. Amen. Amen. Revelation 21, verse 5. Look at this. Look at this long list of people who went to hell. Look at this long list. You see, if your name is not written in the book of life, if your name, if you are not found in the book of life, if we open the book of life and your name is not written in it, you are not born again, your name is not in the book of life, you are going to hell. 
So no matter how many times you come to church, you come to church Sunday, Tuesday, you come to church Fridays, you come to church Wednesdays, you come to church weekday services, and all Thursdays, and your name is not found in the book of life, you will go to hell. Now look at this list also. It says, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. These words are true and what? Faithful. They are true and faithful. And then he goes on to begin to list Hallelujah. It says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. The next verse, he says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a test. Of the fountain of the water of life freely. Only those who are attest. Only those who are hungry for the fountain of the life everlasting. If you are hungry, if you are thirsty for life everlasting, then you will get it freely. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are you hungry for the test? Are you thirsty for the life? What did they say? Are you thirsty for the life? What did they say? Yes. So he says, in the next verse, he says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. But the fearful, Amen. say the fearful. the fearful. Okay, you pause on that and go to the chapter before, chapter before. Because we are going to look at all this list. 20, 20 verse 12. Let's look at verse 12. And it says, And I saw the dead, small and great. Do you see? I saw the dead, small and great. So it doesn't matter. That is why I keep sharing with you that green leaves fall, brown leaves fall, yellow leaves fall. All kinds of leaves fall. Great people die, and small people die. Old people die, and young people die. He says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book, according to their works. Verse 12, 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged. Every man according to their works. Every man according to their works. Every man according to their works. Now, there are certain works that follow us for judgment. Hallelujah. You know, there are certain things that we do for living. And there are certain things that we do for after living. That is why we ask, what do you do for a living? Don't people ask that. What do you do for a living? And you say, I am a lawyer, I am a security guard, I am a, I, I am a, a nurse, I am a, a sweeper, I am a cashier, I am so on and so, I am a pastor. 
So this we are doing here, but there are certain works that do follow us. And he says, those works do follow you after death. There are certain works, the things that you do for a living, you will leave them here. You will leave them here. Look, when a child is in the womb, there are certain things that the child needs, the baby needs in the womb. Those things, you cannot bring them to live here. You cannot bring your placenta to live here. You cannot bring amniotic fluid and live here and say, that's going to be my swimming pool. Amen. You cannot bring those things to live here. Those things, they leave them, you, it, you, they are useless. Have you seen any woman who has given birth and they have given her the placenta to take home? They are useless. But they were once very important. They were once very important for the survival of the child in the womb. But in this life, they are useless. Now, the things that are important here, that we need to survive here, they ought to be prepared before you come here. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Those things that are important for this life, you, even though in there, in the womb, they seem not to be important. They seem not to be useful. They don't seem to be something that the child, does the child need brain to calculate mathematics and see how calculus works? Does the child need teeth in the womb? You see, if a child grows teeth in the womb, it will be not be easy for the mother. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Kemi, do you understand what I'm sharing? You see, there are certain things that are they, they are there, but you see, they, they have no use there. The child doesn't need the lungs, but they are important. The child does not breathe with the lungs in the womb. Amen. The child does not, the child's circulation, it does not depend on her heart or his heart. But is the heart important? Is the lung important? The child does not use the intestines because the child does not eat to put food in the stomach to go through the, um, the intestines to digest and so on and so forth. But is it important? So you see, those things, they need to be prepared here for this life. For this life. And if the child neglects it and says that these are not important, you know, I don't, I don't need my, my lungs here, so I don't care how my lungs will become. I can swallow the amniotic fluid and let it go into my lungs and, you know, cause all sorts of things. I don't need my heart, so the holes can stay open. I don't need to close them before I... If the child decides to do that, that child will be born into this life and that child will suffer. Hallelujah. Now, there are certain works that you'll be judged when you are dead also. You see, but you don't believe it. Because just like a child who has not seen this life and so does not take those things seriously, she or he will only be born to find out that these things were important. And you also don't, you don't believe the life after this. And so you're also not making preparation. And so we say you'll be judged according to their works, not your work at Morgan Stanley. Not your work at McDonald's. Not your work at Lehman College. Not your work at a hospital. Not your work as a security guard. Those works are useless when you die. You leave them here. But there are certain works that do follow you. Certain works do follow you. And those you'll be judged with. It is your work for the Lord. It is how you relate to God. Those are the things that are also going to determine how you will live 
in the next phase of life. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? Those are the things that will decide how you are going to live. So he says, and they will be judged every man, every man. It doesn't matter who you are, every, whether you believe it or not. Whether you say, I'm a Muslim and I don't care about this. You are just like a child in the womb to say that I don't need all of this Jesus thing and I don't care about them. You will die to find out just like a child. You will be born to find out that, hey, here we need lungs. Here we need a heart. Here we need a brain. You will only come to find out. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? The next verse, it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15, it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Ask your neighbor, is your name written in the book of life? You see, you may take this literally as a joke and say, oh, you know, somebody just woke up from sleep and just began to write things. But you only die to find out that your name is not written in the book of life. And you'll be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the word of God. I didn't write this. This is not my book. Amen. Am I preaching to somebody this afternoon? So now let's continue to the next chapter as we are reading from verse 20, verse 5, uh, 20, verse 20, 21, verse 5. 21, verse 5. It says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a test of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Verse 8. It says, but. Say but. It says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Wow. wow. Let's look at them. It says the fearful. The fearful. You see, that is why I'm teaching you these things. It's not just you are a Christian and so you go to heaven. It says the fearful, they'll be cast into the lake of fire, the brimstone. They will burn with fire. The fearful. You are a Christian, but you are afraid even to go to your hometown. You are fearful. You are a Christian. You are afraid of your grandmother. Your grandmother who gave birth to your mother who gave birth to you. You are afraid of your grandmother. You are a Christian. You are afraid of your own mother. And then you say, when you, you, you take your children to a certain place, you say, if anybody gives you food, don't eat it. You are a Christian, you are afraid. He says they're fearful. They're fearful. You leave church. You come from church today and then you go home and then when you are entering your door, you see three eggs. Three eggs in front of your door. You are, you are jumping and you are fearful. Afraid of eggs. Christian. Christian. 
Maybe the Lord sent a dove and then lay some eggs for you. Pick up the eggs and cook them and eat them. Pray over them and eat them. But they're fearful. Hallelujah. They're fearful. You are afraid. You are afraid. You are afraid. You are afraid. Some of you are afraid to go to your hometown. You are afraid to go to your hometown. Say the fearful. Some of you, you are afraid out of fear to even do the work of God. Amen. You are afraid to do the work of God. You know, there is no excuse. There is no excuse for not doing the work of God just because you are afraid. There is no excuse. Just because you are afraid that the people will talk about you. You are afraid that they will say certain things about you. You are not, you, you, you will go to hell. I didn't write the Bible. I did not write the Bible. The next one, it says, unbelieving. Unbelievers, you are going to hell. You don't believe in God. You don't believe that Jesus is the son of God. You don't believe that he died for... Somebody left his throne, he left his throne above and came to die for you. He said, I don't believe it. Somebody has suffered for you. You say, I don't believe it. You are going to hell. I say you are going to hell. The next one, he says, the abominable. The abominable. Abominable means something very bad. Very exceptionally disgusting. Exceptionally distasteful. Hallelujah. Very bad. An example. Let me give you an example. It's in Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 22. Quickly. We'll come back to this. Don't lose that page. Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22. What does it say? Quickly. 22, please. 22. It says, thou shalt not lie with mankind. Listen. It says, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. <laughs> Hallelujah. That means a man shall not sleep with a man. That is abominable. A man shall not sleep with a man. Neither shall a woman sleep with a woman. He said, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. That means don't take a man and then you are, you, are, you are a man and then you are sleeping with another man and assuming that he is a woman. It's, it's, it's abominable. Hallelujah. Or a woman and taking another woman and make that person look like a man. Because you see when a woman and a woman is going, one has to be, behave like a man. I've seen sometimes, you know, you come and then they come to the hospital and say, what's your relationship? I'm the husband. A woman. And that's a woman in, in the bed. He says, what's your relationship with her? I'm her husband. And she, she's showing you that she's a real man. You see, that shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. Thou, it says, it is what? An abomination. It's abomination. The next one, it says, neither shall thou lie with any beast to defy thyself therewith. That means that don't sleep with animals. I hear that people sleep with animals. People that have pets. Women that have pets, they have dogs. You see a woman with a big dog. You think she's a dog lover. She is sleeping with a dog. Yes. 
He says, neither shall any man stand before a beast to lie down there too. It is confusion. <laughs> it is total confusion. A woman that is sleeping with an animal is total confusion. I'm not saying that when you lie in your bed and your dog comes to lie on your side. That's not what I'm talking about. Grow up, please. You understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't say everything. Do you understand? But I'm begging you to understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Because it's a total confusion. Even the pastor is confused about this thing. Amen. The next one, go back to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. It says, the next one, and murderers. Murderers are going to hell, including abortion. You are also an, a murderer. Do you understand? You need repentance. He says, a murderer, that is very simple, if you are a murderer. The next one is whoremongers. Do you know who, what is a whoremonger? Whoremonger is not only, you see, in the Greek, it doesn't, not only include, it doesn't only mean someone who deals with prostitution. Or someone who has a lot of women who he overlooks in prostitution. Or someone who participates. But any form of sexual act outside of marriage. Any form of sexual act outside of marriage is hormongous. So, he's my boyfriend and my girlfriend and you are sleeping together. It's a hormongous. You are going to hell. I say you are going to hell. I didn't write the Bible. I did not write the Bible. Am I preaching to somebody this afternoon? If it, and it doesn't matter how long you have been together. It doesn't matter if you say, as for me, I've only had one boyfriend and he's the only one that I'm sleeping with. You are going to hell. You are going to hell. So stop. I need to preach to you about these things. Because you see, you think, oh, he's my boyfriend. We have... Four children together, you know, we are. It is still homongering, and you are going to hell. You are going to hell. Amen. And sorceress, sorceress, those of you who deal with voodoo, voodoo, you are going to hell. Those of you who deal with juju, you are going to hell. Amen. There are some of you, you are sitting in church right now. You have a lot of things around your waist. You see? You see? Proper protocol will not allow certain things. But some of you, if we were to come around and feel your waist, we will feel a lot of things. Amen? Some of you wear all kinds of necklace. You've never taken it off before. You are showering. They are going to do operation for, on you. They say you have to take it off. You say, no way. You have to keep this on. You take an x-ray. They say, you cannot wear this. You say, then don't do it. <laughs> oh, it happens. I'm telling you. You say, then take your x-ray. Whether you treat me like that or MRI. You say, we can't have a metal. You say, then don't do it. Because someone has told you, never take this thing from your neck. Sorcerers. You are going to hell. Tell somebody the pastor did not write the Bible. 
Idolaters. Idolaters. And sorcerers include those of you who are witches and wizards. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Your witchcraft activities, they shall not prevail in this church. I say your witchcraft activity, they shall not prevail in this church. In the name of Jesus, I pour the blood of Jesus upon you. Your witchcraft activity, it shall not prevail in this church. La la. Your witchcraft activity, I tell you, it will not prevail in this church. Hallelujah. It will not prevail in this church. I'm telling you. Amen. Idolaters, idolaters, idol worshippers, you are going to hell. Idol worshippers. Now that means anything that you love more than God becomes an idol to you. Your career can become an idol to you. Anything that you say, let's put God aside for a moment. You don't say it openly, but you say it. That let's put the church aside for a little bit and continue. You are, you are going to hell. I didn't write the Bible. Idol worshippers. Your marriage can become an idol to you. Your children can become idols to you. Amen. Your job can become an idol. Hallelujah. Your school can become an idol. You see, the winter is coming very soon. You realize that some of you will not even come to church because your body it feels cold. Your body becomes an idol to you. Amen. And then the last one, it says what? Liars. All, all liars. Blue, white, black, green. Every kind of liar. All liars. God is amazing, I'm telling you. Anything outside of truth, is you are going to heaven. You are going to hell. Andy, all liars. All liars. Those who lie to their husbands, those who lie to their wives, those who lie to their children, you lie to your boss, you lie to your teachers, you all liars. Amen. You, you are not sick and then you say, I'm not coming to church. I'm not coming to church because I'm sick. I'm not coming to work because I'm sick. And you are not sick. And you are going fishing. You are going fishing. Amen. Hallelujah. All lies. And the last one that I want to give you before we go is the unprofitable servant. The unprofitable servant. Matthew chapter 25. This is the last one, so please bear with me. I will just share with you and then we leave. The unprofitable servant. The unprofitable servant. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. Matthew 25 verse 14. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is... Listen, whenever you are reading the Bible and Jesus begins to talk and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Pay attention. Pay attention very carefully. It means he is bringing the kingdom of God to something on earth that you can relate to. Do you understand? So begin to pay attention. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents. 
to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. The next verse, it says, But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Do you understand the scripture so far? The master was taking a journey. So he gave talents to his servants. He gave one, how many talents? And then he traded with it and gained how many more talents? He gave another how many talents? Two. And he traded with it and gained how many more talents? And then the last one, he gave how many talents? One. And what did he do? He says, but he that had received one talent went and digged in the earth and hid his mother, the Lord's money. The next verse. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him, or with them. That means he came to make accounts, to take accounts with them. And so he that had received five talents came brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, do you see, everybody is taking account. He's taking account with everyone. So he that had received the one talent also came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man. I knew that you are such a hard man. He says, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid. And went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that which is thine. Here is your one talent. I bring it back to you. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received my own with Ezri. Ezri means profit or gain. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Verse 30, and cast ye the unprofitable servant 
into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where is that place? Hell. Hell. The unprofitable servant. He went to hell. Hallelujah. The unprofit. Now I want you to take note of this. You see, God gave all his servants talents. Do you understand? You see, Jesus is saying this is how the kingdom of God is. So it means that God gave all his children, all his servants, he gave everyone talent. Our talents, number two, are not the same. Do you realize that? He gave different talents according to their several ability. God made you. He says he knows our frame. He made you and he made you to glorify him. And he knows the form that he made you. And according to your form, according to your several ability, God has given you a talent. Hallelujah. God has given you a talent. And God's reward is based on what he has given you. He will reward you according to what he has given you. The one who received five talents, he added five more talents. The one who received two talents, he added two more talents. The one who had one talent, he added, he was supposed to add one more talent if he had traded with it. But someone did not trade with his talent. And he says that cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Now we want to quickly go through why people do not use their talent. What will make you also not use your talent and make you go to hell? How many of you want to know? Quickly. Kemi, do you think it's a good thing for us to share? Wonderful. He says, number one, because of fear and play it safe attitude. Because of fear and play it safe attitude. If you read verse 28 in the message version, look at verse 28 in the same scripture, verse 28. It says, take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. Someone who took the most risk with his talent. Give him more. Someone who was afraid to sing, and the people, he was afraid that the people would laugh at her or him, but he still or she still came to sing. That one, give more talent of singing. Add more talent of singing. Hallelujah. He says, take from him the one who had one, and give to the one who raised the most, and get rid of this play it safe, who won't go out on a limb. Get rid of him. Hallelujah. So sometimes it is play it safe attitude that makes us not use our talent. And sometimes this experience it is, or this behavior, it is because of your previous experience in your previous church. You had an experience in your previous church, and so since you left and you came here, you want to be quiet. You don't want anyone to notice you. You don't want to be bothered because you were doing things and you experienced certain unpleasantness. Hallelujah. What I want you to realize is that God will not reward you according to how man sees you. Can you imagine that, you know, people had ten, five talents, others had two talents, and someone had one talent, and people would have laughed at him. People would have oh, had five. How many did you get? One. The master gave you, and see, they would laugh, at, but God will not reward you according to how men see you. God will not reward you according to how men praise you. And say, you must be very good. That is why you receive five talents. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Well done. Good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. So maybe you were once tried to be a TSA. You know what is a TSA? Talented solo artist. You wanted to sing solo and people laughed at you. It didn't go well. You stood in front of the church. You lifted up your voice. You don't know what happened. Some frog just jumped into your throat. And the whole thing was a mess. And people were, you know, you see, realize that people were quiet. At the end, they were just clapping quietly with their heads down like that. And you knew that it didn't go well. And since that experience, you don't want to do anything for the Lord. It doesn't matter how they clap for you or they didn't clap for you. Sing for the Lord and he's the one that will bless you. Hallelujah. Sing for the Lord. Amen. Proverbs 28 verse 20 says, The faithful man shall abound with blessings. When you are faithful, that is all is required. You'll be abound with blessings. Not the talented man. Not the more talents, but the faithful one. Hallelujah. The faithful one. He will abound with blessings. Amen. You see, you realize that people who use what they have, you know, many people graduate from medical school. They are all doctors. But there are some that they have have been established doctors. And everyone wants to go to them because they have done it many times. The little that they receive from medical school, they are practicing and practicing and practicing, and so they have become so experienced. Is it not the kind of doctor you want to see? Do you want to see the one who just started? You don't. But you want, and the one who has experience, who had the experience, he was once a medical resident. He was once didn't know anything. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is the continual use. Muscles get built up when we continue to use them. If you don't use it, it becomes atrophied or it becomes skinny. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody? The next one, the reason, another reason why people do not use their talent is sheer laziness. He says, thou slothful, slothful servant. Sheer laziness. Slothful means lazy. It's not because you don't have a talent, not because your talent is small in your eyes, but it's because you are lazy. That is what the master said. He says, thou slothful. Laziness. Hallelujah. Some of you, you are lazy. You can't deal with the hassle of choir rehearsals and early morning prayer meetings and come early to church. You, because of that, you don't want to sing. Not that you don't have a talent to sing, but because of laziness. Amen. Sometimes decisions are made that, you know, oh, now the choir is going to rehearse on Saturdays. Hey, Saturdays. Then I'm no longer a member of the choir. It's laziness. Some of you, you are just in the choir because of convenience. It's very easy. After church, what are we doing? If I go home, I'm not doing anything. few minutes that I'll spend here so that I'll sing, I'm joining the choir. Some of you, that is the reason why you are in the choir. And the test of time will show also. Amen. Some of you also know responsibility in the church because, you see, if you have responsibility, like I'm the pastor, if I don't come to church, everyone will notice that I'm not in the church. Some of you, you don't want to do anything because you want to stay in that mode of, I will come when I want. I won't. If you take a responsibility, it means you have to come here. Some of you, you are not coming, you are not consistent with church activity and not coming to church, not doing anything. It's because of sheer laziness. Don't be the pastor. I'm reading the Bible. Amen. The next one is wickedness. 
wickedness. Verse 26 of that scripture, it says, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, your wickedness will not make you use your talent. You see, when we think of wicked people who are going to hell, we think of Adolf Hitler. And we think of Saddam Hussein. And we think of Osama bin Laden, Mobutu Soseseku, and things like that. You see, we think of Gaddafi, that kind of people going to hell. Or what is the one there? Idi Amin was a very wicked man. You see, that is what we think. But when God gives you a talent that you do not use, he says you are a wicked servant. You are a wicked servant. Not doing anything with your talent that God has given you. You are considered wicked and that will lead you to hell. The next one is worthlessness. Worthlessness. It says, thou wicked and slothful servant. You see, when you are worthless, when you are worthless, that means that even when something is of value in your hand, it is useless. Do you understand? And when something, if you spend money on something, it doesn't matter how expensive that thing is. If that thing is useless, you are going to throw it away. Isn't that so? It doesn't matter how much it costs you. If it is useless, you are going to throw it away. What good is your singing, your voice, nice voice that you have that you are always in the bathroom singing to yourself? Every time you go to the bathroom, this sultry voice that rises and is flowing and you are singing, it goes up, and then it comes down, and then just in the bathroom. What, is, what use is it? That God has given you a talent to sing, to lead people up, cheer people up to worship him. You are singing in your bathroom. What good is it? Now, Something as value as such a voice that nobody can hear, nobody can see that privately, only in your bathroom. Even when you come out from the bathroom, you don't even want your husband to hear that you can sing. Or your friends, your, your roommate. You don't want them to hear that you can sing. You are worthless and that you'll be thrown into hellfire. Amen. The next one, people who conceal or hide their gifts. People who conceal or hide their gifts. Verse 25, what does it say? It says, and I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. I was afraid and I went and hid the talent. Some of you, you are hiding your talent. Some of you, you are very good at playing keyboard, playing the guitar. Some of you can play guitar. You have played guitar before. Can I see by show of hands? So, who can play guitar? You see? You are hiding, you see. You can't tell me that all of you, no one knows how to play a guitar. Sheila, do you believe that everyone, no one here knows how to play a guitar? Someone knows. You are hiding your talent. Amen. I said you are hiding your talent. Amen. Martha, don't you think that there's someone here who can play the guitar? Of all these people, you are sitting on your talent. Amen. Am I preaching to somebody this afternoon? You are sitting on your talent. You are hiding your talent. You conceal your talent. Amen. Many people come to church and they hide their talent. Many people can do a lot of things, but you are hiding your talent. Many people, you do a lot of things outside of church. At your workplace, you do a lot of things. 
but in the church you are sitting as if you can't do anything. You are hiding your talent. Amen. The next one, they despise their gifts. Those who despise their gifts, they don't use their talents. Whenever you compare your talent to others, you despise your gift. If you compare how you sing to another person, you will despise the gift that God has placed in you. But God never intended that you will sing the same way as the next person. He says he gave one five talents, another two talents, and someone has one talent. But when you look at your one talent and you look at how people have five and two and so on and so forth, you think, as for this one, what am I going to do with it? Let me just bury it. When the man comes, I just give it to him. Amen. You don't like my message. Oh, I am preaching it. I'm preaching a very good message. Hallelujah. The last one, those who are judgmental or who have judgmental attitude. Judgmental. Those who are judgmental. Amen. People who are critical are also judgmental. The people who criticize, they are very judgmental. And you realize that they themselves don't do anything. People who criticize, they don't do anything. Amen. People who criticize others who are doing something, you realize they don't do anything. Amen. You will find out that people who are busy doing things, they don't even criticize. They know how it is to do a thing. And they don't criticize. They know how hard it is to preach. They don't criticize preaching. Thank you. But you see, you are criticizing because you have never preached before. Hey. Amen. Amen. You are sitting there and say, how long is he, is he going to talk about hell? I'm preaching hell to you. <laughs> Amen. I will talk about hell. Because I don't want you to go to hell. I say, I don't want you to go to hell. Amen. Amen. So don't criticize me. No. Hallelujah. People who don't do anything they always find fault with others. They are always fault finders. Amen. They are always fault finders. Hallelujah. I say people who don't do anything with their talent, they are fault finders. You see, you realize that these were servants in the same house. They all had the same master. Do you understand? But you see the attitude just showing in how they assess the master. Someone took five and he went to work right away with it. And he gained five more talents. Another person also took two and went to work with it. He was busy working and he gained two more talents. But the one who took one didn't do anything, sat all day, every day waiting for the master, waiting for people to do the work. Waiting for the people. They are the ones that find faults. He's the one that only saw the master as a wicked master. He's the one that saw that the master has been reaping where he has not sown. I'm telling you, those who don't do anything, those who sit on their talent, they are the ones that find fault with others. Hallelujah. They all have the same master, but they all had a different eye looking at the master. And the one who did not do anything, he looked at the master as a wicked, unfair, someone who reaps where he has not sown, and so he did nothing. Hallelujah. He said, thou art a hard man. You are too hard to deal with. I didn't want any trouble with you. 
Amen. But the others, they were faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I want you also to note that the master gave talent not to outsiders. He didn't call people from outside to come and do things for them. We are not waiting for someone with a skill to play guitar to come and play for us. The master has given talents to servants in his own house. Hallelujah. I said master has given talents to the servants in his own house. God has given you talent to work in his house. I said God has given you talent to work in his house. Amen. Understand also that it is a test of faithfulness. If God is giving you an opportunity to do something in his house, it is a test of your faithfulness. Amen. It is an opportunity for God to add more to you. It is an opportunity for God to double what you have already. Amen. So don't sit on your talent. No matter how small your gift is. No matter how small your talent is. Hallelujah. No matter how small it appears in your own eyes. And in the eyes of men, what you want to hear is thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. God gives us an opportunity always to become rulers over many things. Amen. I said, God gives us opportunity to become rulers over many things. If God is asking you to do something in his house, he's giving you an opportunity to become rulers over many things. Sometimes it looks very trivial what God is giving you. Sometimes it's just roll the carpet at the end of the service. Sometimes it's just sweep the place at the end of the service. But he's looking for an opportunity for all the servants, regardless of how many talents he gave them. Some he gave five, some four. He gave one, one, just one talent. But what he was looking for was to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He says, you have been faithful in few things. Therefore, he's making you ruler over many things. As you are being faithful with the little that God has given you, as you are being faithful with the work that God has given you in his house, as you are working in the house of God, may the Lord make you faithful and ruler over many things. May the Lord make you ruler over many things. May you be ruler over a lot of money. You'll be ruler over plenty of money. You'll be ruler over many businesses. You'll be ruler over many job opportunities. In the name of Jesus, as you are being faithful, may the Lord also cause you to be ruler over many things. You'll be ruler over many children. You'll be ruler over many choices of who to marry. You'll be a ruler over many things. In the name of Jesus, may you be a ruler. As you are escaping hell, the Lord is also blessing you to be a ruler over many things. It shall be said of you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Stand to your feet and let us bring the service to your place. Hallelujah. Oh, God is going to make people rulers over many things. Rulers over many cars. Rulers over many houses. We shall see. Our parking lot shall overflow. You say, I am coming with this car. And my wife will come with that car. We will beg you that park outside because there are too many cars around. Ruler over many cars. Ruler over many bank accounts. Ruler over many jobs. Ruler, ruler over many things. Ruler over many things. May the Lord make you ruler over many things. In the name of Jesus. 
I said somebody is becoming ruler over many things. Ruler over many things. As you are using the talent that God has given to you, as you are being faithful with a few, he says, you have been faithful in a few things, but he's making you a ruler over many things. Oh, yes. Begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord. Say, Lord, give me something to do in your house. Let me not sit on my talent. Let me not be slothful. Deliver me from laziness. He says, these things are trivial as they look in your eyes. They are leading you to hell. Then you never be counted among those whose names are not found written in the book of life. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is delivering you from sorcery. The Lord is delivering you from witchcraft activities. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is setting us free. Set us free, O God. Set us free. 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 No one else will do. Nothing else could take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Come on, help me find a way. Bring me back to you. Are you coming back? Are you coming back with a heart of repentance? Draw me close to you. Oh, never for let your heart cry this afternoon. Is that what you want the Lord to do? Let me go. To draw you closer. Hold you down. 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 No one else will do Cause nothing else will take your place Cause nothing else could take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace To feel the warmth of your embrace Oh, help me find the way
Father, we are thankful this afternoon. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for restoring us. We thank you, Lord, for delivering us, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, from setting us free. Syrians ready to perish, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, for setting us free. We thank you, O oh God, for delivering us from hell. We thank you, Lord, for revealing this path that lead to hell to us. Father, may we continue to walk with you until the end. May we continue to endure. May we continue to persist. May we rise up above every storm that shall come our way. May we continue to walk with you in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Christ, Beloved, if you were to die today, you are not sure where you are going. Beloved, heaven and hell are real places. Because you have not seen it, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Just like a child who never saw this world until he was born into it. If you are here this afternoon, you have not given your life to Christ. You say, I want to come to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to receive that spiritual rebirth that if I were to die, I will also go to heaven. It is a very simple prayer. I will say with you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. Wherever you are, you want to give your God bless you, my sister. I see your hand. Anyone else? God bless you. I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus. Give your hand up. I'll pray with you. Anyone else? Maybe you used to walk with God, but you feel very far away. From God, I see your hand. God bless you also. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? You feel very far from God. You once were working with God, but you feel very far. But tonight, this afternoon, you say, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to give my life back to Jesus. Is there anyone else? Anyone that you want to join? You want to lift up your hand and we'll say this prayer. I want to say this prayer with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? We are escaping hell. We are escaping hell through the blood of Jesus. If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to take one bold step. Come here with me. Let me pray with you. You are taking that step. You have lifted up your hand. Come here. Come here. God bless you. God bless you. If you have lifted up your hand, come forward. Come forward. Come forward. It is okay. Come forward. If you are to Jesus, come forward. The Lord is talking to you. Come forward. Take that bold step. Take that bold step. And come. It's a wonderful step. It's a bold step, a spiritual step. I want you to lift up your hands with me and say this after me. Believing in your heart that Jesus loves you so much. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. 
cleanse me of all my sins. Of all my sins. This afternoon, this afternoon, I welcome you. I welcome you into my life. Into my life, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, take control of my life. Take control of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For saving me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you thank for you. your precious daughters who are here this afternoon coming back to your kingdom. I ask, oh God, that you command angels concerning these wonderful ones. I pray, oh God, that angels will walk with them. Father, they are going and they are coming. They shall be accompanied by angels. Let there be a shield built around these ones. In the name of Jesus. May the enemy not have a hand in their lives. Though temptations and storms may arise, your wife says that the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against the forces of darkness. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that you continue to work with them. Teach them your word. Establish them. Feed them, oh God. And may they grow in the Spirit. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I have this present for you, sisters. That's a present for me. God. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.